We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Is there more? Have I got, do I have the desire for more freedom, more release, more of God's presence, more of the joy of the Lord? I mean, it seems like a, an obvious answer, doesn't it? You know, I've got lots of money, would I like more? Or, I'm enjoying life, would I like to enjoy it more? I think that what God is, is saying to us, and what Nick was bringing, there's a freedom, there's an increase, because God doesn't, things, things don't just stay the same. Uh, even the Bible says of the, of the increase of his government there shall be no end. God is on the move. We love to return again and again to blessed are those whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And we believe that God has something more. We're very, very thankful for all that God is and does and the life that we have in him. But we've tasted it. We've got a taste of something. And we don't want to we don't want to live with anything less than the full measure of what he would want us to have. The freedom. Freedom from the things Nick was talking about. Not just an external freedom, but an internal freedom. Freedom from the natural limitations of our own upbringing or characters freedom by the power of God the fullness of what he's got for us so we're going to look at this thing because it is not by power not by might but what? by my spirit yes so it's not about trying harder (laughs) never works it's about Lord Please give to me. It's coming to him to receive from him. And the truth of the matter is, unless he's working in us to create a desire for something more, there isn't going to be anything much happening. You can't drum that up. But God does tend. I mean, when I think of some of the highlights of my walk with God, amazing times. They don't happen quite like that every day. But somewhere there's a desire that I'd like more. I'd like, I'd like to know more of his presence. Walk before him. That's God at work. I can't work that up. That's God at work in us. So we'll look at some of these uh, famous encounters and uh, See, when we talk about a personal encounter, we're really talking about um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's it's something that God does. It's not something we do. You know, you can read the Bible more, you can pray more. Nothing wrong with any of that, but this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a power which is beyond us that will lift us off one track and place us onto another. And it can happen in a variety of ways. Uh, I mean, there can be the sort of slam-dunk encounter. 
I suppose there are certain encounters that I've had with, with God personally. I've remembered them for a long time. I suspect I remember them all my life. But I don't want to just look back. I want to see what's he got. What does he want? What, what's in his agenda for me? If he says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit, it can't just be living on memories of the past. There's that ongoing, yet there are special occasions, and thank God for them. Now when I think about that, I think about some odd places. You know, the M25, biggest parking lot in the world. An encounter? Absolutely. On one occasion, I don't think I was going very fast. I think, I think I was, it was actually in a traffic jam at the time, which, as you know, is fairly familiar there. I just had this thought. Can God, is God around on the M25? And the presence of God just came. And here I am, this is a few years ago, I'm now remembering it. Because there's something which is indescribable about the encounter with God. And then there's the ongoing, the ever-present. We turn and he's there. I, I, I think that's, it's not so dramatic, but it's very, very wonderful. One thing's for sure, there's a great reality in it. And there's significant effect. You remember we've often referred back to Sam's story of his special moment. But you know, if it is a God moment, if it is God meeting with us, the fact of the matter is there are very clear outcomes. We love him more and we love his people more. That's, it all, it's like connected. You can't separate those things. You cannot, you cannot be refreshed in the presence of God and emerge from that without having an increased, a renewed love for his children, for your brothers and sisters, for other members of the body of Christ. And frankly, the kind of manifestation of it doesn't really matter. It's not about whether I cry, whether I laugh, whether I fall down or, or do nothing at all. The reality is much more significant than the outward manifestation. And those things are, are good, they're God at work, but I can't depend on those. I can't depend on that. What I'm depending on is God coming to us and being real and engaging with that touch from him, that outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And of course, we're looking for the recurring nature of that, something that is not a once and for all. Wouldn't it be sad if, uh, if we could only look back to things in the past? Yeah, I think that's a bit sad. I think it's good that we have memories. It's good that we can uh, recount and bless God for experiences of the past. But for, you, for me, I ain't dumb thinking of that. My goodness me. God dear, I might as well just 
shut up shop and go away and hide and wait to die somewhere. No, life is full of what he's got for us. So what I thought we'd do is we'll look at some famous encounters. Many of you, they'll be familiar to you. Um, but just to, just to catch from that, why, why is that significant? Well, it's significant because the Bible teaches us that all scripture, everything that's there, is there for a purpose. It's all inspired by God, and it's there so that we can catch truth or doctrine, so we can get corrections, but we can also be instructed. It's there, not as stories of the past, but so that we can learn from it and benefit from it and apply truth from it into the present situation. So we'll refer to two or three stories about the disciples. After the death of Jesus, there were some disciples, a couple of the disciples on their way uh, to Emmaus. Um, I, I don't say this, but I, I get the imagination in my mind, the very oh, Bible does say that they were sort of faces were downcast, and they were they were hardly skipping along. It was, oh, yeah. it was a kind of the, the kind of what was happening inside was being demonstrated on the outside. Now you could argue, and I think it'd be fair enough to say they were being real. They weren't pretending. They don't have to pretend. Pretending doesn't work. They were just being real. Bible says, uh, of course, Jesus appeared to them. They didn't know who it was. And they stood still. And their faces were downcast. That's a very real description of where they were at. Then he began to talk to them. Now, remember, we said we learn things from this. And they told him their story. They told him where they were at. They didn't say, well, hallelujah, uh, you know, we were, were with Jesus and, uh, you know, we saw some amazing miracles and, uh, and uh, you know, it's a blah, 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 blah. It wasn't about pretend. It was about being real. God loves reality. He loves us to be real. What Nick was just saying, in terms of applying it to himself, you know, wait a minute, this is not how it should. There's something more. Being real. See, honesty opens up the way for God to be able to speak into our lives. So they told him this story. And why I'm wanting to go through this is because if we are looking, and I believe God is causing us to desire recurring, refreshing personal encounters, we need that. We need to be meeting with God. We need to be refreshed in the Holy Spirit. We need fresh encounters, fresh revelations. Do you know, once upon a time, if people agreed with something, <laughs> they, they would say, we have developed an amazing ability to be very silent. If you think you might possibly agree with me, I say it again, we need fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, yes. Okay. Then they get to a certain point and they think, let us pursue this. He, he made us over as continuing on the journey, but they then activated something, say, let us ask him in. They invited him in. Come and eat with us, come and stay with us. See, they, they took an action within the realm of what they were able to do. They basically were saying, you know, there's something about talking with him. They invited him in, and then they began to take the meal together, broke bread together. And at that point, their eyes were opened. Very interesting. Their eyes were opened as they broke bread together, as they took a meal together. Doesn't it remind you of the story of the early church taking their meals together, going from house to house with gladness and rejoicing? Something about that. Something about that fellowship. Something about being together but around a particular purpose. And as they were taking, as they were breaking bread together, they recognised him. And their eyes were opened. Then they begin to think back. They begin to talk. They talk to others. Whoa, yeah, yeah, now you know, come to think of it. Did not our hearts burn within us? Wasn't there something that was stirring? What, what, what? I don't think they were looking for an antacid tablet. I don't think they were talking about a physical heartburn. I think they were talking about something beyond the natural. Did not our hearts burn with us? Wasn't there something that stirred within us when we were with him, when we were talking, when we were telling him and listening to what he had to say as he explained things to them? And of course, then they went and did the other important thing, a complete turnaround. They go back to the disciples. Do you think they went back like this? Huh? If I could do it, I'd show you how they did it. Hopping and skipping and... Who can hop and skip for me? Hmm. James, you're in the most vulnerable position there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, what's the term? There was a bounce in, his, in their step. Yeah? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, okay. And then they did another thing that we need to learn from. They told what had happened. We call it testimony. It's what we heard this morning, Julian. Testimony. This is what God did. There's something about speaking out what God does that's very, very key and very important. All right, that was one. Now let's look at another one. Story of Paul, who was Saul, who was persecuting Christians all over the place. And he's on a journey, he's on his road to Damascus. And God met with him. What an encounter. I mean, these encounters are what I call the famous ones. We know about them. They're, they're particular and they're special. But I want us to understand that God's encounters with us are not restricted sort of dramatic uh, affairs like this. 
it's as we walk, as we talk, in the ordinary course of life. So he's on his way, going to go and persecute some more Christians. God comes upon him. He falls to the ground. You see, God is God. And frankly, he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to do something in a more dramatic way, and I mean, this was an amazing thing. It's very interesting. I've, it's always struck me that there's Saul, who was then called, still called Saul, and he's, he's about persecuting, and he's really anti-God. God comes upon him, and when he begins to speak, he, he says, Lord, all of a sudden, what happened there? Suddenly, a revelation. Something had happened. He was born again the Spirit of God. God did something that caused him to turn from denying to actually being able to say, Lord. And then after that, he had to do what he was told by God. Obedience. Go to this place, there'll be this person that come, and then you get... Well, he didn't know what he was going to get. He was blind at the time. The result was absolute transformation. A major encounter. Let's look at another one. Remember John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus stopped there. The disciples had gone into town to get something to eat. Uh, he asked for a drink. So here we are at a well, very everyday situation. It, the woman's there. He doesn't have any means of drawing the water, um, but he's thirsty, he wants a drink. So the conversation starts in a very normal way, just about water at a well and getting a drink. But it ends up with revelation. Because there's an encounter, the Spirit of God brings revelation. Jesus speaks things which he could not know by revelation. The encounter comes by revelation. It's a life-changing. And then, this woman goes off to tell others. Interesting again, isn't it? Come see a man. This issue of speaking out. Now, I'm not sure, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that she had a full understanding and a doctrinal insight into all that was happening. She'd had some big discussion about religion and about where you worship and all this sort of stuff. What I do know is that she saw something. She had an experience. It was a life-changing thing. You know, at what stage was there a complete re-adjustment of what her thinking was? This thing goes beyond thinking. This is something that, that is God at work encountering us. It's an encounter spirit to spirit. And it goes well beyond just that natural ability to hear, understand and interpret. It was life-changing. And what does she do? She goes and tells others. And then she starts dealing with the past mess of her life. And then, of course, the whole village, town, ends up turning to Christ. Here's a different one. 
Do you remember when Jesus was crucified? There were two robbers that were crucified alongside him. One saw who he was, the other one railed against him. What made the difference? There was one who said, we deserve what we are getting. In other words, an admission of wrong rather than a a protesting of how they should be treated and helped at that point. There is something special when we turn from ourselves and say, Lord, I'm not interested anymore in commending all the things that I am, do or can do. I'm coming to you and say, Lord, here I am. I have nothing to commend other than you love me and you have given your life for me and I come to you and I want and I want to live in those recurring encounters. What an amazing encounter. Today you will be with me in paradise. Take one more. I'm going to get um, James, you just come and read this Isaiah 6 for us so that we just get the fullness of that story. This is another encounter. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet. Okay, a pretty awesome sight. Wouldn't you think? Yeah? Right, thanks, James. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Okay, so in all this amazing thing that's happening, there's a realisation that he needs something that he doesn't have. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Mm, thank you. All right. What I just wanted to, to grasp there and refresh our thinking is the amazing transformation coming out of this vision or portrayed by this vision. That the recognition of the horrendous position and yet the declaring, I am a man of unclean lips. I need something that I haven't got. And then... The miracle. I mean, it's strange, yeah, the, the, the imagery and all that kind of thing, but the fact of the matter is God did something. It was the transforming of an encounter with God the Holy Spirit. Now, from time to time in the course of life, each one of us may have particular personal encounters that 
will always stay with us. Uh, I've talked about some that I've had. It would be lovely if that was an everyday occurrence, but then it wouldn't really be just quite that significant if it's an everyday. What we have mostly, and what God is wanting us to be, not looking for just the outworking of what happened, but for that everyday, ongoing, walking encounter with him. Lord, I want to know more. Lord, I want the refreshing encounter of your Holy Spirit. I want, Lord, that thing which I can never do, is never going to get there if I read the Bible all day and pray all night. Lord, I want to meet with you. I want to know what it is all over again to experience that indescribable sense of knowing your presence. It's like, the writer says, it's like springs of living water that bubble up from our innermost being. This is what God has provided for us. That we have experiences that go beyond the natural. That go beyond the limitations of even what we can describe. Wow. Something happened. And now I know. It's God at work. Now there are expressions of that and we have opportunities as we come and we worship together to express that and to experience fresh encounters. But yes, there will be, I'm sure for time to time, particular and specific, memorable. But I'm looking at this ongoing walking with him. So if you're following me, I'm hoping that you might have this question. Okay, what can I do because I would, I would like to have a fresh encounter, a fresh visitation, a fresh experience of his presence? What can I do? Give you two or three things and then Lottie's going to come and share something with us. Number one, this is what the Bible says about living right. This is in Galatians 5, 23. Stirring up the gift, which produces the fruit of God's nature in our lives. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. I'm going too quick. Love, joy, joy. Peace, forbearance, oh, not them again, <laughs> kindness, I suppose I ought to, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hang on a minute, what did it say? We stir up the gift of God which produces the fruit of God's nature in our lives. Come on guys. If we were trying to do this we would have a daily record of failure. But this is what God has given us. 
So we're simply choosing. We have the ability to choose. Choose love. Choose joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. So, number one, how do we, what can we do towards this encounter? Living right in the way that God has empowered us. Choosing to live in the way, the fruit of the Spirit, because we're equipped, because we're born again. Number two, being led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 talks about keeping step with the Spirit, following the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance in every part of our lives. That comes down to um, very everyday things. Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, how would you have me to respond, to react? You know, there's that Lynn Coles, I've got to see him again. Oh, Lord. Lord, what would you have me, how would you have me re- react to him? And here's the thing. Once we hear from God, we have the option to say, yes, God. And then the power is there to do it. Choosing to be led by the Spirit. Well, do you know what? I'm really excited. I'm going out to buy some new clothes. I'm going to Primark. Or what's that? Give me an upmarket one. I've never been there. Where's Nick? Where do, you, where do I buy my clothes? Oh, no. <laughs> and then God says, actually, I think, go and check out James Ratnaraja. Yeah, but I'm all excited. I'm going to get a new, whatever you get, jumper or something. You say, oh, that's a bit basic. Yep. It's about like that. Oh, I'm so looking forward to see my friends. But how about this person? Being led by the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit. And the third one, this is a, this is a big giveaway. Um, ask, and it will give me, be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. God, never thought about that. Ask. Seek. You know, if I, want, if I wanted a, some water, I'd say, James, can you give me that water? I can sit and look at it. Oh, I think you really fancy that. It would be really nice, but I ain't going to get it like that. Ask. Are you ready to ask? Do you want a fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit? Do you want to have an experience in God, perhaps that eclipses anything you've ever known before? Do you want to know God's love, God's forgiveness, God's peace in ways beyond that you've experienced before? Are you simply saying, Lord, I want the next thing? If that is the case, even if it's a little bit of the case, do you know why? It's God at work in you to create the desire as well as to give. Our opportunity is to respond 
the lot is going to come. There she is, over there. I'm looking all over here for you. Okay, um, I've got a bit of a reflection for us. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and listen to each part. You can choose whether to join in, but as John's been saying, we believe God wants to meet us and refresh us. He wants to equip us for our relationship with him, and he wants to make us more like Jesus. Humble, kind, compassionate, faithful. So if you want to join in with this, just close your eyes now, and in the quietness of your heart, just respond to, to the words. Jesus said to his disciples, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Holy Spirit, you are a gift to us, the helper, sent by our Father who loves us. Thank you that you are with us now and in us now. We can't get our heads around how you come to us or inhabit us, but we know we need you every minute of every day. Right now, I hold my doubts up before you. In the quiet of my own heart, I tell you the things that trouble me. I tell you all about the things in my life that I want to change, and maybe those that I don't really want to change, but I know need to. I recognize that I have a choice to allow you to take hold of these things and use my life to glorify Jesus. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Together now we invite you, we welcome you, we expect you. I cast my mind back and I remember what it was like the first time I met you. I remember the fruit of that encounter how my life changed, how joy filled me. And I say, I want more of you. I cannot stay here. And if I've never experienced that spirit, I say, I want to know you for myself. But only you can do it, God. And in your presence, I stop my striving, I stop my trying, and I call out to you. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Together, we invite you in, we welcome you, we expect you. I don't look 
for external signs, but the miracle of your presence, the fullness of your grace to us that will produce good fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come, Holy Spirit. We believe in you and we trust you. Let's, uh, let's make a joint response. Let's, let's use a song as a prayer. Fill me God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.